Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Happy Friday to you. Let me turn, turn, turn the, the mic, mic on. on. There you go. There Happy you go. Friday. It's been a long week. It sure has. It's been a crazy week. I mean, we got another busy news day today going on with stuff going on back east with the state of emergency in Ontario now. Mm-hmm. But let's start at home here. It was the first week of a legislative session in, in Victoria. We had the throne speech at the start of the week. You've got a brand new liberal leader in place now. What were your thoughts on it? I thought uh, my thoughts are it's slowly turning back to normal around this place. Yeah. Um, the throne speech got more media coverage than the last two throne speeches received, which is a sign, I think, that. Even the media is looking for something else to cover other than COVID. And I think, uh, you know, when, when it gets line stories in newspapers, which it didn't uh, usually in, in, in the pandemic, it's a sign that we're shifting a bit. We're going to see a reopening of uh, an easing of restrictions on Tuesday, announced by Dr. Yeah. Bonnie Henry. Yeah. We're going to go back to a, a spring and summer of wedding receptions, of celebrations of life of more crowds gathering for for social occasions, um, less restrictions on bars and restaurants. Uh, And that's reflected again that the legislature is going to return to normal as well. I mean, it's full full attendance, 100%, uh, everybody wearing a mask. But I think the relevancy of the legislature, which has been sort of absent for two years, is starting to come back. You're going to see, I think, some stuff coming out of question period. For example, they'll be covered by the media. We'll see government legislation receive more public attention than we've seen the last two years. Yeah, it's been so much COVID, all COVID all, all the time. All COVID it seems. all the time. So it would be great to get uh, beyond that. I'm looking to cover something other than I mean, I, yeah. I remember back in March 2020 when this thing first began, Adrian Dix telling me that all the surgeries were about to be canceled in the province, which actually blew me away when we had relatively few COVID cases. But that showed just how big this thing was going to be. Yeah. And I wrote a memo to my producers and editors saying, drop everything. We're going to be on this story for, for one year, probably two years, maybe three years. This is before vaccines were even uh, discovered. And sure enough, that's exactly what we've been doing. We haven't been covering politics. We haven't been covering a lot of the other issues. It's been all COVID all the time. And I think we're starting to to essentially evolve into a more traditional form of news coverage. Yeah, it does seem like we're maybe getting hopefully to the other side of this thing. And we see other provinces now dropping COVID restrictions we expect an announcement next week from Dr. Bonnie Henry on restrictions being relaxed here. But it, it sounds like she's not going to go as far as, say, they're going in on in Alberta or Saskatchewan, well, Alberta, where they're dropping the mask mandate, they're dropping the vaccine cards. Alberta's never been the leader when it comes to public health in the COVID uh, pandemic. Jason Kenney has had to reverse course uh, two or three times by being too far ahead of himself. So, yeah, Alberta's not going to be the lead for what BC does. Uh, made it clear it's going to be based on the science. But, you know, uh, the vaccine um, card is in effect of June 30th. You, know, you don't see about the... her ending that earlier? I, yeah, I do. I think, oh, okay. it, I think it is going to be ended earlier. Huh. I think it's, uh, I think. Uh, but not, not sh- next week, though. Not next week. And okay. I'm not sure about the mask. I think that may ease in, you know, maybe a month or, or two. Not until we're out of the respiratory illness season. We're still in it. 
And that's that's a big reason why in the masks, the happy byproduct of, of mask wearing for two years is influenza cases have dropped to almost nil. Yeah, because we're we're not um, we're wearing masks and we're keeping the social distancing. So a lot of the public health measures we've been employed for two years has blocked out other illnesses from occurring. Okay, the Liberal Party has a new leader, Kevin Falcon. First week on the job, effectively for him. He was my guest on the show on Monday. He was on the floor of the House. And he was in the legislature. This He doesn't have a seat in the legislature, though, well, right? He's, he's but he's a, allowed to go in there. He's got a chair. He's got a chair. Okay. <laughs> he, can, he can sit on a chair. But he, but he does not have a microphone. Behind the desk. Yeah, he can't participate. Yeah. yeah. I expect John Horgan, uh, once uh, Andrew Wilkinson you know, clears up the paperwork associated with resigning his seat, I expect a by-election to be called fairly quickly, and I expect Kevin Falcon will win that. It's Vancouver Quilchena. I mean, well, yeah, uh, slam dunk. Right? The BC Liberals could run a house plant and win that <laughs> seat. Um, yeah. And so I expect him uh, to take his seat in the house, uh, probably midterm, midtime in this uh, this current session, sometime this spring. They could run a shaved ape <laughs> in, in Vancouver or Quilchena, an ape. or even an unshaved ape. Yeah. Um, I covered a lot of ground with him in the interview I did with him on Monday, and one of the ones that I, I always find fascinating is, is the Massey Tunnel, and we talked about this on the show this week, and I asked him again about the, the NDP's plan to build another tunnel, $4 billion, canceling the Liberals' bridge that they had started working on when they were in power, and I asked him, like, what do you think of that? And he, he says, this is why I think you're right. I think it's going to start getting more aggressive. It's going to start getting more partisan and political here going forward. Mm-hmm. So here's what he had to say to me about the NDP's Massey Tunnel. Have a listen. They want to do this crazy idea with the tunnel. They're going to be stuck in the environmental assessment process for the next five years. Nothing will have gotten done. That's why I'm going to go back to the bridge idea. We can dust off the old plans, update them, and get that thing built. Okay, that sort of triggered the NDP, and I, I brought uh, the transportation minister... Uh, on the Rob show, Fleming, Rob yeah. Fleming, and he, he said, no, we're building this tunnel. In fact, he already approved like $50 million worth of preliminary contracts on it. So. Yeah, that was yesterday. It's a, it's an interesting political issue. You and I have talked about this before. The bridge idea was not popular in Richmond, Yeah, uh, where there's four ridings. The NDP took three of those ridings. Uh, I'm not sure where the bridge uh, option is popular. Um, you know, myself personally, I don't. I hate the Massey Tunnel. I hate driving through that thing. You almost get claustrophobic. I'm sure I've got a lot of colleagues who feel the same way, do not like a tunnel. But I'm not sure this is um, going to translate into more votes for the Liberals because they want to uh, stop the bridge option. Okay, that's going to be an interesting one to but follow. But it's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah it, for is sure. for, it is for sure. So let's talk about the state of emergency in Ontario now. So Ontario Premier Doug Ford declaring that this morning. Really talking tough about ending these blockades in Ottawa and I think even more crucially on the Ambassador Bridge yeah, connecting Windsor, Ontario and Detroit for sure. I mean that bridge is shut down. $700 million a day mm-hmm. in goods go over that bridge. And uh, Tim, if you've got you have the clip of Doug Ford outlining the penalties? If we got, yeah let's play that. Here's Ford speaking this morning. Fines for non-compliance will be severe with a maximum penalty of $100,000 and up to a year imprisonment. We will also provide additional authority to consider taking away the personal and commercial licenses of anyone who doesn't comply with these orders. Okay, so talking really tough, tougher than Trudeau's been talking. Yeah, Trudeau had a meeting, a virtual meeting with the other leaders last night. Uh, no specifics, no uh, resolution in terms of uh, or, or clarity in terms of action. Ford is talking tough now. You know, it's one thing to say we're going to slap you with all these penalties. It's another thing to enforce this, and I'm not sure how you're going to enforce uh, a court injunction 
or uh, enact penalties and and fines because uh, that doesn't physically remove these trucks from that bridge. And that's it's going to be interesting though. I mean, this is the federal government did call on provincial authorities because it's provincial to revoke the commercial licenses of these vehicles that are taking place in this. So that seems to be happening now. And we'll see if that puts a little pressure on some of these people to reconsider. But it's not all truckers, as you pointed out in your previous interview. It's not all truckers involved in this. This is this is uh, exceeded just truckers worried about vaccine mandates. There is a hard right element to this. There's the American influence. You've got the, uh, the Trumpian forces in the States funneling money out. And it's not just now Canada. There's reports now of these convoys being used as a model to protest sure. governments and not just about vaccines just to protest government yeah it's going on in, in france it's it's going it could on be in, could be happening in the united states mass mobilization headed to brussels which is yeah. the de facto capital of the european union uh potentially a blockade headed to washington dc to prevent joe biden from delivering a state of the union address on march 1st or 2nd yeah so this is taking on a, a life of its own that far goes far beyond Canada. Okay, I think the enforcement part of it is the big one because Ford was even though even though he sounds really tough, like it sounds like he's ready to go down there. And they're busting heads right now, right? But then when he was tried to reporters tried to pin him down, like when is this going to happen? When are you going to clear no. this bridge? Then he starts being more vague about you know, and I think this is the fear. The fear from the politicians is if they go in aggressively, they don't want. You know, somebody getting killed. Well, they don't. They want is getting super there's, violent. There's a very real threat of serious violence uh, yeah. associated with these protests that could erupt and blow up in people's faces. Yeah. So let me play a clip here of a Jugmeet Singh, the the federal NDP leader, calling on Trudeau to get tougher here. Have a listen. It is completely inexcusable. I have no idea how the prime minister of this country can sit back and let this happen. The prime minister of a G7 nation can't solve this. The prime minister of one of the wealthiest countries in the world can't make sure people are safe in the nation's capital, can't make sure people don't feel abandoned, can't make sure that our borders are open. Okay, and then... I didn't, the, hear, I didn't hear any solution there. Well, though. that's the thing. Like, then he's asked, well, what would you do? Would, would you, you send do? Would it, you it, send the army in? Yeah. And that's when he starts going, oh... Yeah, yeah well. I mean, it's one thing to express frustration and anger. That's totally understandable. But yeah. what's the solution? Is it the yeah. army? You know, is the army the solution? Is um, can the RCMP solve this? I mean, well, Stuart Phillip, the Union of uh, BC Indian Chiefs, yesterday news release uh, asking Justin Trudeau to pull a Pierre Trudeau and invoke the War, the War Measures Act, wow. um, uh, or the Emergency Measures Act, I think it's now called. So it's uh, no one's got the magic solution here. It's it's obviously an untenable situation, but who knows where it's headed? Hey, welcome back, Keith Baldry is my guest. Let's go right to your calls here, Doreen and Kelowna. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. good, Doreen. Go ahead. Hey, we're having a gorgeous day here in the Okanagan, and I was listening to you guys on radio, and I might even be uh, like an outlier as I, you know, am, am in total support of uh, getting rid of mandates and um, all of these uh, passport restrictions, et cetera. So wondering why I didn't hear anybody say, let's sit down and talk. They've, they've held out the olive branch numerous times there uh, in Ottawa, and nobody's showing up. So I'm wondering, isn't that so a you ne nego So negotiate with them, right? You sit down and negotiate. Like you block a bridge, you block an international border, and then you get a meeting with the prime minister, and you sit down and negotiate? That's what you think would be no, good? No, no, no. This has been going on for two weeks now. The prime minister yeah. oh, is fighting. Let's, yeah. let's, let's 
Let's get that elephant out of the room. The pro- Thank you for the call. No, I don't think you do that. That gives legitimacy to a, a law-breaking event. I mean, these people are defying the law. They're hurting the economy. It's illegal what they're doing. And why you would suddenly sit nose-to-nose with them and, and negotiate your way out by ceding some part of your position to I guess, their position. I guess, you know, supporters, yeah, yeah, supporters, of the, supporters of the truckers would say, well, the government has sat down with indigenous road blockaders in the past. Yeah, that's, a, right? that's not, not a bad comeback. What I've also seen in the news reports, who do you negotiate with? There doesn't well, seem to be leaders of yeah. these things. This is very much an individualistic thing where people are, you know, Jason Kenney drops, uh, drops the mandate in Alberta uh, earlier this week. And suddenly you get a disparate number of voices of the truckers blocking the, the border and cuts, and they're all over the map. Yeah. Like, who do you who do you negotiate with? Yeah. Let's go to uh, Mike in Surrey. Hey, Mike. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, I think uh, one thing we should do here in B.C. is give kudos to the Vancouver Police Department. Well, you looked at our little trucker situation, I think it says a lot. They rolled these truckers all the way down Burrard, all the way down Robson, right downtown Vancouver, but you know what they did? They rolled them right back out of town, and they would never had a chance to get entrenched. The mm-hmm. Ottawa police had so much time to plan for this, to give them a route and let them go mm-hmm. through, let them vent. They were they went down there. The initial group was going down to vent. Yeah. Now they vent on them, the band-aids, vent everything else. But, boy, I tell you, Vancouver did a great job. They just kept it moving. And, you know, just take a lesson from our parks board. You know, you know not to let any of these guys get entrenched because uh, it's so hard to do it after the fact. Okay. Now we're in a yep. real... Real mess. Thank well, you. I, think, I think the Vancouver police had the benefit of learning of the mistakes in Ottawa. Not, yeah. And I, again, I talked to Victoria police officers here who had, we had a couple events uh, the last couple of Saturdays. They learned what was happening in Ottawa and legislature security. Don't allow these places to be entrenched. We had a tent erected at the base of the Queen Victoria statue a couple of days ago. And a car parked, a truck on parked the front lawn of the legislature. A truck parked there. Legislature security walked over and said, out. You're not yeah. staying here, yeah. uh, and, and you've got a half hour to leave, or we, we dismantle this and tow you away, and they left. Okay, Scott. And that didn't happen in Ottawa. Scott in Richmond. Hi, Scott. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Randy in Poco. Hi, hi, Randy. Go ahead. All right. I'd like to say that I uh, disagree with that first caller, uh, saying that we should negotiate and talk with them. Um, Policing 101 says you don't neg- negotiate with hostage takers, and these people have taken our economy mm. hostage, and... Um, they, you got to bring the hammer down on them. And the, the reason they're doing it is because they know they have impunity. There's nothing going to happen to them. They could sit there. You can't tow their trucks. They're too big. What are you going to do? Write them a $40 bylaw fine? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I call him Thug Ford, but, you know, if he's going to come down with a hammer and if he can make $100,000 fines work, all the power to him because I guarantee it'll get those trucks moving. Okay. Thanks for the call. Well, I think that's where the public's increasingly moving to is position enough is enough of this stuff. Yeah. It's one thing to protest. It's another thing to tie up the flow of goods and services and start crippling the economy. Your guest, the Unifor rep that in the last half hour talking 12,000 people losing shifts and losing losing money to feed their families because of this uh, this basically mob that's taken up the Ambassador Bridge. Again, the Ambassador Bridge is a more serious situation than Ottawa. Oh, for, oh, for sure. I mean, $700 million yeah. a day in goods Ottawa rolling across that bridge every day. Not now, though. Scott in Richmond, he's got a minute left here. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I think this has the potential to blow up. Unless Trudeau sits down, and they do need a leader, the truckers do need a leader, they got to talk to Trudeau because this has the potential to blow up and become violent because these guys are entrenched. They're not going anywhere. 
They just need to be heard. Yeah. Well, Thank it's you. interesting. Again, I go back to Alberta. Jason Kenney gets rid of the vaccine mandates, gets rid of the vaccine passports, gets rid of the masks, and it's not enough. And they didn't stand down. And, and, no, they and, want uh, all the mandates dropped, everything. Well, there's not many more mandates than that. Well, what about the international travel mandates? That, They're not uh, going to get that, that. That'll evolve. I think that that will may resolve itself over the summer, but I don't think we've got time to tie up the they also They also want the federal, federally regulated employees mandate dropped, too. And we may so, get to, we may get to that because ninety yeah. percent of federal employees are vaccinated. 